Hello everyone, Shalom, and welcome to a special edition of our, our Thursday night Chumash and Shalom Shir. Special edition because it's Friday morning, not Thursday night, and also because the, the challenge was also last night, not this morning, although I did spot um, a certain quantity of leftover challenge from last night this morning in the shul. But um, Bar Hashem, we had a beautiful event last night uh, in the shul, beautiful El Um As such, though, there was a conflict with our regular Thursday night Chumash and Shalom Shir. In order for not uh, for us not to go into Parshas Kisaitze with that episode, a little bit of a get-together, we will uh, have a brief um, Tashlumen now, just uh, a brief Friday morning, Thursday night, Chumash and Shalom Shir without the Shalom. And without further ado, Rabbi say, let's just uh, share a few brief ideas on Parshas Kisaitze. So Kisaitze, as everyone knows, chock full of mitzvahs. It's gepacked, a gepacked, packed with lots and lots of mitzvahs. In fact, the people who keep track of these things, they they uh, maintain that Kiseitze has the most mitzvahs from any other parish in the Torah. And if that's what they say, and they keep track of these things, they're probably right. So we can't focus on all the mitzvahs. We can't even focus on the majority of the mitzvahs. But let's focus on a specific region of the parsha that uh, is interesting and, 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 and almost, let's say, unique to Kiseitze in that we have a series of prohibitions in Kiseitze of people that are also lovoy b'kahal Hashem, that can't marry into the community. And... It's interesting the way the Torah presents these people. There's different segments in the parasha. Um, they may not marry into the fold, may not marry into the community. And we're talking about different people that are different groups of people, different categories of people that fit this bill. And, and, and the way the Torah describes these people is, um, is not, you know, don't make a chasna with them, is not, don't let them convert, but, but is that specific idea of loyavay pikahal Hashem. They can't come into the congregation, the assembly, the community of God. <clears throat> not so much that we don't want them, let's say, keeping mitzvahs even, not so much that we don't want them to go through a conversion process, but they can't be accepted into the fold. They can't be a part of the community. They can't be a part of the Kahal Hashem, of that group of people that's known as one nation under God, the nation of Kla Yisrael. They can't be a part of Kla Yisrael. And before we get to you know the specifics, who fits this bill, it's interesting to note that there's something clearly going on over here where, you know, if the Torah just wanted to make an Isr Nisu, and these are people that can't marry, and again, you could say, Lo Yisru Lahem Nashim, don't marry them, they can't marry you, you can't marry them. The emphasis the Torah puts over here is, on an identity level, on a foundational level, on a core level, there's something about these people clearly that is in conflict with basic Jewish identity. Being part of the Jewish community, being part of what it means to be a Jew on a basic level. So that being said, you know, maybe we'll take some, a little bit of time this morning to explore two different applications of this. Um, two or three maybe. We have something that, that seems to be almost, um, almost, uh, you know, I guess we can use the word bothersome. It seems to be bothersome on the surface. Something that, 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 um, is at first glance a little bit difficult for us to understand. In terms of who fits this bill and who's within this prohibition that they can't marry into the tzibur, and that's 
people that 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 uh, it would seem that it has nothing to do with them. It's not their fault. They didn't do anything wrong. A mamzer. A mamzer is one of the most, most well-known ones. A mamzer can't marry into Kalashem. A mamzer can marry mamzeres. But a mamzer is someone who is the product of an illegitimate marriage. Cannot marry into the congregation. Can't come into Klai Yisrael. Not allowed to marry a mamzer. A mamzeres can't marry a Ben Yisrael. A Bas Yisrael can't marry a mamzer. And they obviously didn't do anything wrong. They're the product of something that they were not given, you know, a sayin, a product of a, a, a high level, certainly, a, a heinous crime that's committed by the the, the biological parents. Um, but it's not their fault. They were born a mamzer. And Torah says, no, they can't marry into the tzibah, they can't marry into the congregation. They can't be a part of the, the Jewish community. We have another one, um, which again would seem to really have nothing to do with the person themselves, but the Torah makes it very clear that they can't marry into Klai Yisrael. And that's a Khrushchev Shavcha and the Ptuadaka. People, Jewish men, that are incapable of normal reproduction, incapable of, of the normal reproductive process. There's a problem with, with their, um, biology, their, their reproductive centers. And the two different people with two different types of reproductive problems, uh, ph- physiological problems, which prevent them from normal reproduction. These two people are also prohibited. They're not allowed to marry into Klai Yisrael. Can't get married. They can't get married into Klai Yisrael, into the fold. Into the fold. And what's the lesson over here? What's the limud? These people are banned or forbidden from marrying in. And again, if it would just be an Isser Nesuin. So we'd say, no, it's Exeus HaKosav. The Torah says these people, you know, don't make a chasna with them. No, no, we'd have to, we'll accept this the way we accept everything else. But the Torah seems to be giving us an insight into the, the the underlying theme, the core of the matter. The core of the matter in terms of, like, what's bothering us about them. The Torah doesn't just say, don't make a chasna with them. The Torah says, don't bring them into the fold. Don't bring them into Klai Yisrael. Don't bring them into the Jewish community. So there's something about them that puts them at odds with the Jewish community, that puts them at odds with Kleisrael, that puts them at odds with the fold, with, with the flock, with the tribe. So that is especially pragmatic over here, because you're not just giving me, you know, again, a divine decree, accept it, like you accept everything else. You're giving me something that ostensibly there seems to be some kind of explanation for, and what is that explanation? If the Torah is t- saying these people can't be a part of Kleisrael, What's the what's the big deal that they can't be a part of Klai? So what's let, let's ask it this way: What's so not Jewish about them? What made these people not Jewish? Vos you know, this is a, a physiological problem they have where their their where their reproductive system, or or a uh, you know a heritage problem that they have with their legitimacy. What makes them not Jewish? See, here we have Rabbi Sai. Very, you know, again, it's it's. Uh, an idea that it's a delicate idea, and we have to be very careful. A, how we you know make sure we process this the right way. But certainly, if we're going to give this over, it's to be given over the right way. A sensitive idea, delicate idea, is to be given over in a sensitive and delicate way. Especially when our audiences may be sensitive and delicate. But it's an idea that we have to share, nevertheless. And it links with an idea that we didn't share together last week, not on Zoom space, not in WhatsApp land, but an idea that we shared in Oratoira. We talked about this on Shabbos before Musaf. Last week we saw in Parsha Shoftim a pasuk that says Ki Adam Verily, for man is a tree of the field, and we discussed it uh, again. We discussed on Shabbos when there's no recorders going, none of the recorders down here going, 
And we're not sending things out to WhatsApp line. But we discussed, what does it mean that a person is like a tree of the field? What does it mean that, uh, you know, Rashi says that Pasuk is being taken rhetorically. Is a person really a tree? Is a person a tree of the field? Good, that's Rashi. But the Svarmakadashim tells us that the Pasuk is to be taken literally also. A person is a tree of the field. And we said last week, we discussed this in Shoftim, on Shabbos, that a tree has three basic functions as defined by the Torah where we first find trees, vegetation, vegetable matter, tzaymeach, and parsiparatius. Excuse me. The tree is there to grow, to get taller, stronger, greater, to tower higher and higher. And the tree is there to produce parus. And thirdly, a tree is there to make isopri, uh, it's there to make fruits like itself. To make parus that are similar to the producer of the parus. The producer should be like the progeny, the progenitor should be like the parus. So three things that a tree is there for. It grows, <clears throat> it's there to grow, is there to make parus, and is there to make parus like itself. We explained last week that the third is really a combination of the first two. We're supposed to keep growing always, just like a tree. We're supposed to make pears, and we want those pears to be like us, that, that, that we're growing, our growth goes into our pears. But as we mentioned last week, you know, when the Torah tells us that we have to see ourselves as being like an Eitz soda, this is the Hagdara of what it means to be, to be a Yid over here. To be Jewish, to be a human being, but really to be a human being as we have the clarity of the Torah telling us as Jews what it means to be a human being. And we're here for growth, yes, constant, continuous growth. But we're here to put that growth into Paris. We're here to make Paris and put that growth into Paris. We're here not just to fuel and feed our own growth, A. And we're not here just to make Paris. We're here to put both of those together. A tree never gets tired of making fruits as long as a tree, you know, is able to pull that moisture from the ground and send it up, upwards through sap and into its branches, into its twigs and into its leaves and to the buds and the blossoms. A tree will always make apples as long as it can, make fruits as long as it can. The idea of making Paris is a very Jewish idea. And more than just a Jewish idea, it, it's Be'etzim, what we're here for. Together, avada with growth. We're supposed to constantly be growing on our own. Another day of life means another day of growth. And we're constantly supposed to be making pairs. And avada pairs is also covering mitzvahs and mice and toivim, the legacy that we leave behind over here, but it's also biological pairs. Biological pairs. As Yidin, we love kindalach, we love babies. And, 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 and our goal, our mission is, we have to see that as a lichat chila. We're here to be fruitful and multiply. Not just to fill the world up, not just to, you know, consume resources, not just to have more people to feed, but to have more yidden to give our growth over to. And in the moments a person develops an attitude of like, okay, I did my duties. I had my two kids, I had my three kids, I had my 3.2 kids. Shine. Now it's time to focus on my own growth. That's something that's a little bit out of Yiddishkeit. It really is. A tree, as long as it can make pears, it makes pears. As long as it can grow, it grows. And it gives its growth to its pears. A, a, a yid really, good. We're, we're giving a general principle here, of course. And every person's situation is different, of course. And that's why people have a rabbanim, you have a rav, 
discuss your personal situation with. Of course. But the ideal and the mandate from the Torah really is, and the, uh, the outlook of the Torah is, it's a Jewish thing. A Jewish thing to bring more payers into the world. That's part of being a Yid. Part of being a Yid. And to stand have an attitude when, when it's not being guided by rabbinic counts, not being guided by people that can give us, you know, Torahic opinions, but an, an attitude of, no, I did my duties. I did my time over here. I brought my 3.2 kids into the world. That, that we have to know that that's out of line with how the Torah looks at things, out of line with real Jewish values. I'm not saying that everybody should have 28 kids. I'm not saying that everyone should have 18 kids. I, I am saying that everyone should be aware of the Torah's ideal and aware of the Torah's outlook and aware the Torah is telling us, Adam Eta said that we're here to have Paris and that has to be understood as the ideal and everyone has to know their own personal situation receive guidance for their personal situation. We need a Rav. We need, we need guidance. We need Das Torah. But we do need to know what the Torah's ideal is. Again, without feeling guilt, but to know what the Torah's guidance is for life over here. So we get back to this week's parasha, and we see Shaitim connects with the Kiseite in such a profound and powerful way. This idea of it being so Jewish to bring Kindalach into the world is so taka Jewish that the person, even though it's not his fault, he was unfortunately, it was Nigzan and from Shemaim, to be someone who's physiologically challenged. He's a Petsua Daka, a Chrei Shavcha. He's unable of producing children. It's true he didn't ask for it. It's true it's not his fault. But the idea of love, Loyavo B'Kahal Hashem, Torah saying something like that, is is barred from entry into the community, barred from entry into the into into the Jewish the Jewish camp, the Jewish tribe, is the Torah once again making this lesson so poignant and powerful for us, which is, it's a Jewish thing to have kids. It's a Jewish thing to have kids. And we dive in for Kindelach, we cry for Kindelach. The all the Yiddish mamas by the Shabbos candles, they cry for Kindelach. The Yiddish should be Mevarech. And all the, all the, all the Jewish parents out there with Kindelach, with lots of Kindelach. It's a schus to have Kindelach more than just a schus. It's a Jewish thing. It's part of being a Yid. It's part of being part of the tribe. It's part of being part of the Jewish community. That someone who's incapable physiologically of having children, yes, we're told this person doesn't marry into the Jewish community because there's something, unfortunately, that's un-Jewish about that. I didn't ask for it. It's not his fault. It's not his problem. Yes, that's true. It came from Shemaim. Yes, that's true. Why? Who knows? The Rebbe has his chashbainus. That's Hanistaris La Hashem. Hanistaris The concealed matters, what the Cheshvites are, why this person should have been born that way, we don't know, we can't say, but Hashem knows there's a Cheshvite, there's a plan. Was it something from a previous life? Was it something for a future life? Was it to bring Mashiach closer? Who knows? There are Yidin, unfortunately, we see people that are born into suffering. They didn't ask for that suffering. There's always a Cheshvite. We don't know those Cheshvites. But we do know is the Torah making this prohibition is giving us this lesson over here that what? There's something very Jewish about having kids. They're linked inextricably. And someone, unfortunately, that cannot, that cannot because of physiological um, challenges and, and, and problems, that yields this prohibition of And that brings us to the mamzer as well. The mamzer who is biologically and physiologically capable of having children, yes, it's true, 
but he also does not marry into the Kahal Hashem. Why? Because he's only capable of producing Mamzerim, unfortunately. A Mamzer makes Mamzerim. Either one of the parents, being a Mamzer, will produce Mamzerim. Forever and ever and ever. And you can't break the Mamzer chain. And we're here to be Eitz Hasada. We're here for growth. We're here to produce pears. But we're here to be Eitz Pri Oisa Pri Lamineu. To make pears that are like us. And this Mamzer, unfortunately, is only going to be able to make Mamzerus. A psul. Illegitimate pears. So again, being that it's so Jewish to have Kindelach. It's such a Jewish thing. This Mamzer, who's going to be producing Kindelach, that are tainted, unfortunately, again, it's not his fault, you can ask for it, but those are the Kindelach that he's going to be producing. Vaiter lo yavoy pekahal Hashem. He is blocked from marrying into the Jewish community. Inasmuch as we explained that part of being Jewish is to produce the Jewish payers. That's why the Mamzer also is told that he can't marry him. Did he ask for it? No. Is it his fault? No. It's his, it's his biological parents' fault. The Cheshbon is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's He knows the score. He knows why this had to happen. Yes, but what we know, in our limited perspective, is a very clear answer. A very, very clear and and fundamental answer, which is being part of the tribe, being part of the Jewish community, being Jewish is about being an Eitzpri, Eitzpri, Limineu, producing pears, bringing Kindelach into this world, Jewish Kindelach, Kindelach that are untainted, and that's why the Mamzer, unfortunately, also has to be barred. And let's wrap up with another community who is identified in the six parish as being unable to marry into the fold. That's Ammon and Mayov. So this is really a separate idea, but but it's under the great umbrella of people that can't marry into the community. Ammon and Mayov, we're told, those two nations can't marry into the Kahal Hashem. Why? Because the Torah tells us they failed and refused to provide us with provisions with provisions when we really needed provisions. On our way out of of um, Mitzrayim, we were needy, we were hungry, we were thirsty. And the Pazik says like that they didn't go out of their way to help us out. They didn't go out of their way to help us out. So they can't marry into Klaistro. So working forward with the, with the way we're setting this up, we see again, if someone can't marry into Kalei Yisrael, it means there's something decidedly un-Jewish about them. There's something very not Jewish about that nation, about that community, about that segment, about that person in society. We take them in because it's something very un-Jewish. So, so at first glance, we don't have to look very far. Look, they fail to be compassionate. They fail to do chesed with us. They fail to do loving kindness to help us out. And yet we know our Baishanim our, our, our Rachmanim, we do chesed, we run gemach, and we help you in that. We, we start organizations, we start um, initiatives and enterprises, we're there to help out other yidens. Amin and Mayav didn't help us out. They're not gemli chesadim, they can't marry into Kleisos. So at first glance, everything is, is certainly very clear. We don't have to look further. But if we look further, we see another kenech, another another uh, spit on this, which gives us a lot more depth and a lot more dimension that lets us appreciate this even more. Avada on the surface, they can't marry, they can't be Part of the Jewish community because there's something very un-Jewish about them. Anti-Jewish. What's anti-Jewish? They're not going to chasam. They didn't go out of their way to help us out. Rashi takes it a step further. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says not only they failed, they didn't come out with bread and, and, and water to give us provisions when they could have. Rashi says this happened. Bishas tirud b'nei Yisrael, says Rashi. It happened when we were all in disarray. We're in a time of tirud. We're in a time of unpreparedness. We're in a time of 
of of uh, disorganization. We were just on our way out. We were not. We were just a ragtag, roughshod group of people that were just uh, fleeing, not fleeing, but but bolting from Mitzrayim. We left Bichipazin. We left without putting provisions together, without having our acts together. We were in a time of Tiru. That's Rashi's Lush in this week's Parsha. We were unsettled, disorganized. Why does Rashi tell us this? Rashi tells us this to hammer home the point even further. In other words, what's so un-Jewish about Amun Amoyev? Not only they failed to do chesed with us, okay, that would be a halbud sorrow. That would be a half a problem if they just didn't go out of their way to be compassionate. No, a lot of people don't go out of their way to be compassionate. But it's more than that. Even someone that doesn't go out of their way to be compassionate should have been compassionate to Klai's on our way out of Mitzrayim because we were very unsettled, we were very disorganized. And that means that when I'm supposed to be compassionate, when I'm supposed to do chesed with someone, there's a double job over there. A dual role that I'm supposed to have. A, I'm supposed to be open to being generous, of course. B, B, I'm supposed to be generous in a way that I really get the other person. I hop where they're coming from. I can get into their head. I can get into their mind. I can get into their situation. And I can relate to them. And when I relate to them, that pushes and prompts and motivates me even more to really go out of my way to help them out. When I, when I, when I can get into their mind. When I can get into their situation. When I can empathize. And someone that sees Klaistro coming out of Mitzrayim, and is able to get into our mind, get into our shoes, get into our skin, to empathize. See, this is a nation that really needs my help right now. Not just time I have an opportunity to help, I always have an opportunity to help. This is a nation that really needs my help. They're really in an ace, sorry, they're, they're in a time of, of, of lack of structure, lack of organization. They're coming out with all their old people, all their young people, the, the, the babies and the zadis, and the kinderlach, and, and all these, everyone in tow, everyone that they have to take responsibility for, and they left the chipazin, Look what's going on with this nation over here. Wow. This is a nation that's really a needy nation. They, I, I understand their plight. I get their plight and I see a real tzairich. It takes my chesed to another level. It's not just chesed where I want to give. I'm looking for an address to give. It's the other way around. I see how much of an address you are. You're a real bona fide address because I get your situation. I understand your situation. That prompts me, that motivates me to give because I got into your shoes, I got into your skin. I understood you. And I was interested in understanding you. And based on that understanding, that prompts and motivates me to give. Amun and Maya failed to do that. Bishas Tirud. I mean, even if you're not going to be so generous in general, but you have to be able to see someone else's situation. You have to be able to get into someone else's headspace and mind space and, and kishka space. And really chap what they're going through. And and that has to be a motivating factor, wanting to help them out. To relate to them. Relate to them. To empathize and understand their plight and feel their plight. Sensate their plight. How can I not give you? How can I not give you Bishas Tirud? When, you know, you're coming out with millions and millions of people. And, you know, did you pack the diapers? Did you pack the carrot sticks? Did you have, did you have the toys for the kids? The bottles? The formula? Givald! Look what you guys are going through. I am, I'm running to help you. This is what Amon and Moya's failure was. And that's why they can't come to Kalashim because that's very not Jewish, Rabbi Say. And flipping that around, what we have to take away from this, what's very Jewish for us is to realize it is so Jewish, such a Jewish thing, 
Tataka. Recognize someone else's plight. To get into someone else's headspace and mind space and kishka space. To get into their skin, to get into their shoes. Recognize, empathize, sympathize. And realize what they're going through. And that has to be our motivating factor when we really get them, we relate to them. How can I not be there to help? That's what it really means to be. That's what it means to be goymei chasadim. The ches isn't just coming from, oh, I love to give. That's kind of almost a selfish giving. You know, someone could be an askim because he loves giving. He loves the sensation of giving. It makes him feel gishmak. It makes him feel really good. Good. So Baruch Hashem, he channels that for good things for Kleiser. But that's not the ultimate. That's not the spitz. A guy who gives because he loves to give. A guy who's an askim because he loves to be busy. He loves to be Isaac. That's not the ultimate. The ultimate is the goymei chasadim, the people that love to give because I understand you, because I get you, because I hap what you're going through, and that pushes me to give. That's the ultimate. So the Yibayim should be mezakeh us to get in touch with our Jewish roots via seeing, who's, via seeing and being cognizant of who's not Jewish. We should be zeichel to get in touch with what it means to be Jewish and to value, glorify, and champion what it means to be a Yid and all of the above aforementioned areas to get people to realize how much of a schuss it is to create pairs, to make pairs, and make pairs that are like us in our own growth. We should continue, continue to grow, continue to produce, continue to get Kleister, understand Kleister. Everyone should have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for joining.